The Tigers are back. We've got players back. We're winning games. Uh, it's exciting to be back on the winners list, I think it's fair to say, despite um, probably not a, a great showing in the first half against the Saints, but the, the boys did prevail, which is really good. So a good week to come on, lads. And we've got two brand new guests this week. Uh, first up, Strauchy. Welcome. If I said that right, I reckon I've stuffed that up. But Strauchy, <laughs> is that better? Yeah, it goes by Strauchy. Strauchy, okay. Strauchy, all right. Because I was going to just add an N in there and call it Strauchy at some point as well early, earlier on today. <laughs> so Strauchy, welcome to the show, mate. Yeah, good. Good to be on board. Um, we haven't had a new guest on for a while, but since you, you are new to the show, how did you become a Richmond supporter? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting story, actually. I um, started off as a Geelong supporter, believe it or not. Oh, God. Um, you say that very <laughs> quietly, I reckon, around our parts. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, people won't slap me in the face too quick because I was a Geelong supporter up until the age of about eight or nine. Uh, my dad and my brother um, really wanted me to support Geelong, and I was dressed in Geelong outfits all the time. And until I started to follow football, I really liked the Tiger the animal and uh was obsessed with yellow and black so i asked my dad to buy me richmond merchandise and eventually got a richmond jumper and yeah bob's your uncle now a richmond supporter oh uh, very good i suppose you would have been pretty happy with the uh qualifying final in 2017 yeah we all went and they weren't too impressed but um i was very happy and I've been hearing about it every day since I've born that changing from Geelong to Richmond was such a bad decision. And uh, up until 2017, it was a bad decision. Yeah, they, had, they um, probably I, had a, uh, they're probably within their rights to say that up until then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not going to lie, it was very annoying, but um, it made it all worth it after the 2017 grand final. And um, hopefully, we can get a few more with our premiership window still open. Absolutely. And second guest tonight is another a newcomer to the show, LVT06. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No drums at all. And same question to you. How did you become a Tiger supporter? Uh, my story is a little bit more typical, I guess. My dad was a Richmond supporter. I did grow up in Brisbane, so grew up playing rugby league, following the Brisbane Broncos, but I've always liked the Tigers. Uh, did all my high schooling in Melbourne, um, so obviously was able to go to every game while I was there. Used to, as a teenager, just stand in front of the God Squad, and they uh, used to protect me, but um, I've loved the Tigers forever. We've got three kids now, and they're all Richmond supporters. They had no choice, unlike Straunchy. Have they been put in front <laughs> of the Grog Squad as well yet? Uh, they have heard them singing, yes, but uh, we haven't sat there for a whole game. <laughs> Not sure why mum let me, to be honest, but anyway. <laughs> no, very good. Now, the Grog's got a good value. They're all a really good bunch of people. And ironically, oh, my absolutely. sister stands there as well. And yeah, which is crazy. But um, she wants yeah, to... I mean, she... as, yeah, as a kid, I felt very protected. I could say whatever I wanted because uh, I, I had, had your back. a bunch of... <laughs> had my back, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it'll be too long before my 10-month-old ventures on down there with my sister. She'll be holding him up and chucking him up and down. So, yeah, hopefully he doesn't pick up too much uh, of the language used down there. It's all in good fun, though. They're a good bunch of people. That's right. Absolutely. Big game on the weekend, guys, against the Saints. Uh, Richmond, 16-7, 103, defeated St Kilda, 10-10-70. So a win by 33 points. Uh, which we got pretty close with our predictions on the last episode, Andy and I, so pretty happy with that. Before we get stuck into it, an interesting fact on that win. 
second time this year that we've scored over 100 points, um, which is kind of unusual for us with our typical game style, but also makes sense given the players we've got out. And I kind of feel like it's not a coincidence that we get these good players back and all of a sudden we're scoring a lot more. Is that a fair assessment, LVT? Yeah, I agree, 100%. Um, the big one for me was um, Jaden Short. Even though he had no tackles, I did read that he had over 700 metres gained. Um, Is that right? 700 just, metres? Yeah. Yeah, so um, off 22 disposals as well. So he uh, he just... Just we had so many forward entries, and you know, in the last quarter, um, it really just started to pile up, and they just couldn't hold us anymore. Were you concerned at any stage, Strachey? Like, I mean, St Kilda obviously got out to a four-goal lead and a three-goal lead uh, in, in the first and second quarters, respectively, uh, but we managed to peg them back. Was there any stage where you thought it could get ugly for us again? Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, pretty much. It was one of those danger games for us where you'd expect to win, but um, these are the type of games that we absolutely cannot afford to lose, as I've mentioned many times in our forums. Um, And when they did start very quickly, um, this was another case of here we go again, but what I was very impressed with was our willpower to win the ball back. And I think they kicked the first three and and then we got the next three or something along those lines, and um, then they got the next four, but we still came back. And that's that's what Richmond have been like the last few years, always never giving up, um, which unfortunately we have seen multiple times this year, but with our good players back, it actually made a very good difference. And it's interesting because even though they did kick ahead, like you said, the, the big difference between us this week versus, say, like the Western Bulldogs game, for example, was our intent was there and our hunger was there. So you could actually see what they were trying to do. And you kind of, I mean, I always kind of felt it was just a matter of time before we were going to get a couple of goals on the board. I didn't feel like that we were sluggish um, and that they were on top of us. I felt like we probably had the control of the play for most part, but they just got a couple of really good counterattack goals. Yeah, I agree 100%. They they just, I mean, they kicked seven goals straight up to half time. Which Why does it happen to us against crazy. teams? I know, I know, every time. I just uh, So I kind of, even though I, I don't know what the stats were, but I felt like we we were forward 50 more than what they were. We just couldn't convert like they could. Yeah, we just seemed to waste it going inside 50, which has been a bad habit. Um, the other key stat which we've been getting smashed on the last few weeks was contested possession, and we won the count by plus nine. I know it's not a big number, but it's better than the minus 20s that we've been copying um, in previous weeks. Such a big factor when you get someone like Cochin back in the team. He doesn't doesn't need to rack up 30 touches, but just his hardness around the ball. Jack Graham in and under. Um, I just think those kind of guys and having Edwards back in the middle too really help with our contested possession numbers, Strachey. Yep, I agree. Um, Jack Graham, especially, you mentioned, is a type of player that uh, every time he gets the ball and does something really good with it, I always clap and I'm always like, geez, that is just unbelievable. Like, he did really well there. He's, he's only like a second or third year player. Um, but then there are times where he does make a, a, a critical error. And that's always going to happen with um, a young player. Uh, we sometimes forget that Graham is only, I think, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. Um, and in saying that, he's only going to get better. And I think he's a very important part of our midfield going forward. So we, we need to continue to play these sorts of players, especially uh, Jack Ross as well coming through, um, because we're going to need the next generation of midfielders to really take the next step. And having those players has really helped us. And stats aside, I, I don't know if you guys 
caught on to this one, but he actually played really close attention to Jade Gresham. And we mentioned on the podcast the other week that Gresham, every time we've played them, he's kicked maybe four or five goals. He's one of their best players, and he really shut him out. So he's also quite good defensively. We obviously saw what he could do against Sloan in the grand final. Um, and that defensive negating role is something we've been crying out for, I think, in the last few weeks, because opposition mids have really got on top of us, and we've not really done anything about it. And I think this is the role for him. Yeah, I think I read that Jack Graham's the number one pressure act player in the competition at the moment. That wouldn't be surprising because last year his numbers were off yeah. the charts. Yeah, so he's, he's definitely, from what I remember reading, he's number one in the league average pressure acts. And Dusty Martin had a, a pretty good game. 36 disposals, 13 contested possessions, 10 score involvements. The big criticism for me, though, was his efficiency was only at about 50%. Um, and I, I get that he takes on those risky kicks and sometimes they come off and sometimes they don't. Um, and look, I, I won't pick out his bad kicks because everyone had them, but the one good kick I loved was the, the laser-like pass to Troll in the last quarter who was just kind of coasting through the middle of the crowd and he just found himself at the top of the 50. He, when he's on with his passing, he's absolutely devastatingly uh, just, just going to torch teams, Dusty. Yep, I agree. Uh, as you say, when Dusty is on and he does those long kicks down the line or he crosses it to someone else in the Richmond colours, it, it's always incredible. It's the best I've seen in the business. Um, but you're right, unfortunately, he, uh, his kicking can let him down sometimes. And I think that just comes down to a little bit of mental effort um, where he can drop off every now and then. But when we really need him to step up, he usually does. And that's why he's such a great player. I reckon it's a little bit to do with his kicking action. If you notice, when he does those long ones across the ground. He tends to kick around his body, kind of like what Shane Edwards does. And every time they tend to do that, more often than not, they kind of just skew it off the side of the boot or they completely mishit it and it ends up landing in a dangerous spot. But I respect the fact that he's, you know, taking the game on and trying to get us into a more attacking position. So I think we might just have to take the good with the bad, I suppose. Um, and where Dion Prestia, I think he's gone a little bit unnoticed, even from Richmond supporters, I think. Um, he's one of our main ball winners. Not the fastest bloke by any stretch and hasn't got the longest kick on him, but he just keeps racking up the numbers and he had 11 score involvements and I think he's pretty vital to our midfield now. Yeah, I agree. I'd I'd love to know how many kilometres he covers a game because he just seems to be everywhere between that half forward and half back line and sometimes even further back. He, uh, He just runs and he's not afraid to go in and under. 11 contested possessions. He's just, yeah, he's a gun. But again, he does go unnoticed. I mean, at the end of the game, you don't really think, geez, Dion Presti was great. But then you look at his stats and you realise he was just he's just everywhere, just doing those little things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and just to add on that, it's it's mainly because uh, Dion just goes about his role every week. Um, he's one of those players, yeah, right, he does go unnoticed, but he has had a full preseason for the first time in pretty much ever. And... Um, He's so hard at the ball that we don't actually see what he does in and under. Um, Sometimes it is hard to see when you're at the game, but when you see the replay and you're watching on TV, you see that he's absolutely everywhere. Um, And yes, he might do a few errors every now and then, but that's that's simply because he gets the ball so often. And what you said before about the the full preseason is spot on. It's funny you brought that up because I had a, a phone call with Captain Blood 17 today and he wanted me to mention that he was watching some footage from some of our 2017 games when he was only training once a week virtually and coming off limited pre-season. And he said the body shape difference between Prestia of 17 to Prestia of 19 is just huge. Um, he just looked a lot more sort of overweight and slow in 17 just because he 
wasn't able to get that conditioning and fitness into him. Um, but now with the the full training regime, uh, getting good K's under his belt every game, and it's paying off for him. Not quite a human meatball now. <laughs> I think it's going to stick though. We can't we can't stray from that nickname. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, I, I was having this chat about uh, Lynch to another poster on the board. Um, agree to disagree, but a preseason is just so so vital. It makes such a big difference, and and Dion Presti is a perfect example of that, in my opinion. Yeah, and I was a, a part of that conversation, and um, yeah, the the training one day a week doesn't matter who you are, you're not going to get anything out of it. And so, I might have been you, but someone made a good point that all that's going to do is maintain your fitness level at best. It's not going to really allow you exactly. to get any better. Yeah. Um, I think Lynch is doing fine, and once he gets, you know, a few more training sessions under his belt next year, he'll be better off for the run too. Yeah, a big Lynch fan. And we had a few blokes coming back from injury from a semi-reasonable layoff, so he played pretty good games. Jaden Short, you already mentioned, 22 disposals. The no tackles is a concern for me, but we seem to get away with it, so we'll just see how that keeps going. Asprey, 20 disposals and 9 marks. It was good. Uh, Cochin, 19 disposals, 10 contested possessions. He was only at 47% efficiency, though. And the underrated one, who I think is so vital to our team, just because of the amount of running he does, is Kane Lambert. 23 disposals, 4 marks and 4 tackle, tackles. Uh, Strauss, how important is Kane Lambert to our system? Uh, Lambert became very important during the 2017 grand final. I really noticed that once he runs through the middle and he starts getting more consistent with his numbers and all of his stats, it actually takes a lot of pressure off the other um, guns that we have in the middle. Mm-hmm. So players like Cochin, Martin, and even Caddy, they can sort of all rotate midfield forward. And um, his pressure around the ball, Lambert, is exactly what Dimmer loves and uh, one of the reasons why he gets so many games. And now it's actually paying off because we stuck with him and Lambert is now one of those probably top seven or eight players that we have and we actually need him every week. And what you said spot on, that what he does is release the pressure off a Dusty or a Cochin or someone like that who can become a bit more free and more damaging uh, because you can't not pay attention to Kane Lambert if you're the opposition. So very, very glad to have him back in the team. Uh, And the last two guys I want to talk about, I think they're pretty obvious ones and we have to leave them to last. Choll, I think, was, I mean, I know he hasn't played a lot of games, but by far his best game for the club. 16 disposals, 9 marks, 2 tackles and 3 goals. Um, and obviously, Sydney Stack, there's nothing that he can't do. 15 disposals, 5 marks, 4 tackles and 4 goals. I'll start with Choll first, LVT. What did you make of his game? Oh, I loved it. Two phones. Um, he just, I feel like... The biggest thing that we've missed from Nankervis is that run around the ground. Um, And I just felt like he provided. He just ran straight lines, straight through the middle, was helping out forward, was helping down back. Um, Just seemed to fill a hole. Whenever Saints were kicking it in long, he was there. Whenever we were kicking it in long, he was providing a contest. So, yeah, I thought thought he was awesome. Loved his game. He's a Brisbane boy as well, so he's one that I've kept an eye on. on, on, And I'm, uh, yeah, super happy he's playing. It's taken a while for him to get his opportunity, but yeah, I think his marking power was really good. And, and as much as Soldo is undoubtedly the better tap ruckman out of all the ruckmen in our club, he doesn't offer that same presence around the ground that even what Troll offered, um, and even Bolter to that extent as well. But I think yep. just on the limited um, you know, game time available, it seems like that Troll reads the game a bit better than Bolter at, the, at this stage. I think Bolter's maybe a bit more raw in that aspect. Um so yeah, I think yeah, Chol, I've got to persist Chol, with him. Uh, 
Yeah, he seems more calm, I guess. Bolter's like he's going, you know, he's always bolting, I guess, like at a million miles an hour all the time, similar to when Rance was young. Yeah. Whereas Chol just seems just seems calm and just just falls into the right spot. So um, I think we absolutely need to persist. Uh, he, I love this game. Yeah, I just want to add something quickly on Bolter and Chol. Um, I'm glad that Chol's uh, playing well at the moment. I really do hope he does keep it up because. Um, with, his, he, with his athleticism, I think he's got so much potential. Um, with Bolter, he reminds, as you said, Lim, he reminds me so much of uh, Rance when he started. I have almost never seen Bolter do something that's not is, is unorthodox. Like he's always doing strange kicking. Um, he's always running in weird directions. Um, it feels like he, he needs a little bit of time to get used to how the game works. Um, and I think he could be absolutely anything. But he definitely does look quite raw. And I think he's been gifted a few games, mainly because of our injuries. And I feel as if, if he works his ass off really really hard now, um, I feel like he'll come back really, really good towards the end of the year and 2020 onwards. I yeah, just hope I think that we, was... don't, we, don't, we can't turn him into a defender, though. That's my only concern. Yeah, I agree. He, he looked lost in the defence. But look, in saying that, you know, in the fourth year of Rance... You know, if you go back and have a look at the board, he uh, they didn't know where he was going to play. You know, we tried him forward, we tried him back. He was just, he just looked lost. And, and I think Bolter's quite the same. So it'll be interesting to see his development over the next couple of years. And Sydney Stack, the man of the moment. I don't know about you guys, but when I didn't sort of pay attention to the starting lineup because I was busy doing stuff, but then when the ball goes into our forward line in the first few minutes and I see Stack there, I'm like... He's either worked really hard to get down to this contest or he's playing as a forward. And sure enough, he's playing as a half forward and bobs up and kicks four goals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love Stack, mate. It just, yeah. Yeah, I'll it's let's... an interesting interesting story with Stack. I, um, I'm willing to admit that I didn't notice how good he actually was uh, up until probably about round 10, round 11. I started to get on the bandwagon. But uh, when he did debut, I know he had a great game, but I just I was so damn pissed off with that loss against the Giants, and we weren't playing well. I sort of it went a little bit unnoticed, and I kind of didn't care too much about how the rest of the team were playing. And then I actually started to watch him, and I saw everyone was posting about him. I'm like, is he actually that good? And I'm willing to say that he's actually one of our best players right now because he's honestly just absolutely killing it. It's not just what he does on the scoreboard or um, his interceptions or anything like that. It's every time he gets near the ball, he always does something good. And you know something positive is going to come from it, whether it's a smother, whether it's a a strong tackle. uh, Richmond always get the, the play, and it's always as a result of him. So he's that damn good that we actually put him forward because we didn't have anyone there at the time, and it worked. It did, and I, like, I'm really glad it worked, but at, at the same time, I'm kind of a bit disappointed in our other small forwards that that's not the level they've been playing at for the whole year. Then he goes down there first crack at it and shows them all how it's yeah. done. Uh, he really yeah, I just don't think end. anyone can... Yeah. No one can play to his level. He's one, you know, apart from Dusty, when he gets near the ball, he's one that I'm just... I have to stand up because I just know something good's going to happen. And he's, he's you know, the uh, yeah, the kids love him. It, like, him and Dusty are their two favourite players now, easy. And, you know, it's just been Dusty alone for so long. It's it's crazy what this kid, you know, a kid has come in and done. People just, you know, love what he does. He's the hardest player Richmond's had in a long time, in my opinion. 
and the good thing is he doesn't doesn't showboat, doesn't lay rise on the ground with the wall. Yeah. He just does the basics extremely well. Yep, hundred percent. Love and it. And what are, what are both your thoughts on the number forty four? He, surely he's got to stick with it. He, he's turned into a cult number overnight. Basically, <laughs> he can't change. I reckon no, he's got to be number forty four. Yeah, has to stay. I did see someone on Twitter put, "I'd love to be selling the number four for uh, for Richmond because." The number forty-four and four would be uh, killing it. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of the other number four, it's a a question without notice, but it's okay if you can't answer it fully. Uh, CB seventeen also wanted this question to be posed. I think this is more for an end of year type question, but at this stage, is there a chance that Stack has had a better first year than Dusty? Yeah. Yeah, um, 100%. I was actually, I was listening to the official podcast today um, and Tony Greenberg was saying that he thinks Sydney Stack season is the best first season since Royce. Wow. Which is a huge fall. But, I mean, in terms of pure impact and, you know, putting the team on, on his back, I think Sydney Stack's done that better. And then, then I, and I mean, Delidio won a rising star, but just in pure impact, I think, uh, in my opinion, Stack's the best first-year player I can remember. Yeah, it's a good point. I think um, he probably probably has the edge, um, but in saying that, uh, when Dusty had his first year, I remember the first game he actually played was a practice match against Hawthorne, and uh, I actually went to ACDC concert that night, and I came home, and I was so excited, and I was buzzed, and I had to watch it. And he was literally everywhere. And I said from the first second he got the ball, I knew he was going to become a good player. Um, And with Stack, it's kind of similar because every time he gets the ball, you just know that he's so composed and he always makes the right decision. He doesn't fumble under pressure um, like a lot of other other youngsters, which is normal. But uh, when Stack does it, he's a lot more composed, a little bit more like Floston. They get the ball, they make the right decision, and that's that's a maturity thing. So he's only going to get better. And I think it's interesting to note as well that obviously when Dusty and Lids come in, we were a pretty shit team, to be honest. So they're always going to probably stand out a bit more yep. in that sense, uh, whereas Stacks come into our side when we're, we're travelling pretty well. I know results maybe don't reflect it too much this year, but all things being equal, we're a fairly reasonable side, and he hasn't missed a beat. Like, he hasn't looked out of place... Um, yeah, and just I love the fact that he's so out there and comfortable with himself, like doing the dance um, in the Indigenous game, the Dreamtime game against Essendon. Just his his videos on Instagram and all the kids start copying his dances and he's you know Insta- posting to them back. So he, he just really loves what he's doing at the moment, which I think is really important. Yeah, yep, I agree. Absolutely. I could just do a podcast just on Sydney Stack. I think we. Could. I love the guy. <laughs> I think we could. I think it's good because on Twitter, uh, I can't remember who it is. Uh, maybe it's Ando, I think, on Twitter. It's got a Sydney Stack thread, and the highlights just keep appearing in there week after week, and it's going to be one of the biggest threads of all time on Twitter, I reckon, once he's finished playing. Oh, yeah, he's honestly, just, he's awesome. Honestly, how good was that feeling when we had the ball running down the wing? We, you could see Stack was um, one-on-one against his component, and uh, we kicked the ball forward. He jumps up. Not for a second did I ever think he'd drop it. He just looked so – it was well-timed. Yeah. And yeah. for a, for a first-year player to do something like that, it's it's just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It was never in doubt. It was a good kick by Lynch. Yeah. There was another play, I think it was the third or fourth quarter, 
where he just he picked it up and he just put it out in front of Castagno like a perfect kick. All George oh, had Castagna, to do was pick it Jesus. up and kick it. Yeah. He, he stuffed it up, but um, uh, it was just yeah, it was a perfect kick. Bloody George, I love him. Too. I'm a real positive Richmond fan. I love them all, but uh, that was yeah, he stuffed that one up big time. Anyway, yeah, he did. He, he cost. It, that's a certain goal every day of the week. Reverse uh, the roles. Just like, if Castagna's yeah. kicking that to stack, that's a certain goal. Yeah, if Castagna's kicking that to Jack, it's going out in the fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point too. <laughs> and those ones hurt a lot. They're momentum yeah. killers. Like because we actually needed the goal at that stage too. It's not like we were ahead by heat. Yeah, it would have been nice like, to have it just, Yeah, it was just a perfect kick. Like you just he just nailed the kick. George just stuffed it. But anyway. Oh well. Mm. Big game this week against the Gold Coast Suns. I know that might sound silly given that they're last and uh, we're in the eight, but like we've kind of all spoken about on the boards, on social media and everywhere, that these first two games after the bye are absolutely vital to the rest of our season. And Dimmer said it himself, didn't he, that our season started now, as in last week. Uh, a massive game going up there. Um, we It's not another non-negotiable must win. And you would think that on paper that we should be able to win this game, but stranger things have happened up in the Gold Coast. We all remember Carmichael Hunt. I know he's not playing anymore, but it's uh, definitely, it's not going to be as easy as it may seem because they're going to want to come out pretty hard against us, especially with Tom Lynch playing against them as well, I reckon. Yeah, and I think the Gold Coast have lost three or four games by under five points, so... Stewie Dew, Stewie Dew has them playing a game where they it's it's going to be close. I've seen some people saying that, you know, we need to win by 100 and everything, but it's just like just not too many teams have blown Gold Coast completely out of the water. Um, so, yeah, it'll Especially be interesting. Especially over there, I'm too. Yeah, I'm going to be there, so I'm going to be nervous. I get nervous for every game, but, um, yeah, I was... I just don't want a repeat. I think someone put about Corey Ellis kicking a, a goal in the last 30 seconds for them to win. I, I think that'd be just that. as bad as come oh on. I think so. <laughs> the, only, the only person who'd be happy with that is Prodigy. <laughs> Seriously, Corey Ellis. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean that teams don't blow teams off the park, and I'm not a real fan of sort of people talking about this as a percentage game for me we just need the four points that get that locked away first and foremost if if the percentage happens to be something we can think about at three quarter time if we're up by a bit fair enough but up until then i think we just have to make sure the uh four points are in the bag but with the suns the interesting stat which probably is what gives a lot of us confidence is they've really struggled to kick a score this year uh they've got the lowest points for in the competition and their backline probably leaks quite a few goals as well and they're not as steady as they once were they've got a lot of injuries as well to players who would fill those roles so it's it's there for the taking essentially this game i think it's going to come down to midfield pressure again similar to the saints we've got to make sure that we don't give them easy clearances Uh, but what else do you think we have to do to win the game lbt uh just i mean contested balls a big one Again, if we can, you know, get that on our terms. Um, play Sydney stack up forward again. Uh, kick another lazy four would be nice. But just just not go in there with the attitude. And I don't think Richmond ever does, but not going in with the attitude that they're 
currently bottom of the ladder, um, so it's going to be an easy win. We just need to go out there with absolute intent and um, put that pressure on and, and try and kick the winning score. And I feel like internally that yeah we won't make that mistake of taking it lightly, and I think we have really set ourselves for this second half of the year. Um, interesting that you reckon the stack will play it forward again. I mean, it seems very logical, doesn't it? After kicking four goals, is probably half a chance to do it again. But uh, the other Smokey that might be making a sneaky return for us is Jack Rewalt, Strouchy. Um, what are your thoughts on him potentially playing? Uh, the, yeah, that's absolutely huge. Um, on the AFL side, he's listed as one to two weeks still. So that's also quite interesting. Yeah, but, I did uh, see that before. He, yeah, so whether he plays or not, uh, I'm not too sure. Um, but all I'm going to say is that if he is available and he is fit and there's a no risk um, attached to him, then I would definitely be playing him. Um, regardless of the opposition, this is a t- the time of the season where we really need everyone back and we need to start getting playing into form because a lot of us might, might be thinking about finals a lot of us might be thinking about where else we can go, um, maybe potentially top four with some other teams losing. At the end of the day, if we don't really increase our um, productivity and how we actually play, we're not even going to make finals. And I know that's a lot of supporters are going to find that hard to hear. Um, in saying that, we are on track, but we really need to be playing our best football now to the end of the year. Um, and having Rewalt there is really going to help Lynch. So I think this is something that we might be discussing in a second, but I can't help but feel that Lynch and Rewalt need to play together. Uh, hasn't happened much this year. And one of the main things I've noticed with Lynch is to play him to his strengths, he gets double teamed almost every single time. And the amount of times that they show Hardwick in the box every time uh, we stuff it up going forward, um, I think a lot of that pain is because Lynch is getting double teamed every single time, not getting any free kicks. Um, I don't think any player should play for free kicks, but um, having Rewald in there would definitely help Lynch um, and vice versa. I mean, we're forgetting that Lynch was the common, uh, sorry, Rewald was the common medalist and he's got the potential to kick a bag, nine or 10, and it can happen against a team like the Gold Coast. Um, if they put a lot of time and effort into Lynch, then obviously who's going to play on Rewald? And that's key, and that's why I 100% agree with you that if he's physically ready to go, I don't think there's any benefit holding him back another week. We have to get him in now if he's right. Um, like you said, it, it could be a chance to play him into form. I mean, the defenders with Lynch and Rearwood in there, like you rightly said, have to worry about both of them. They can't all put their energy into one player. And as a, from a team perspective, that really frees everyone up. And with their depleted sort of lineup, he could get on off the leash and, and kick a few goals and just he just needs to get the confidence back I think once he steps back into the team Yeah, that's right uh, Lynch, Lynch you can see has incredible potential um, I, I didn't see that much of him at the Gold Coast, I didn't see too many games but from what I did see, he when he was in form, he was such a good leap at the ball and uh, ran up the ground, uh, yes he hasn't had a preseason at Richmond but uh, once he understands our system better. I think we need to play into his strengths, uh, running, marking up the ground, uh, kind yeah. of like what Rewalt does. And I, I feel like he's he's got it. He can do it. And he's, he's shown little signs of that this year. But unfortunately, he hasn't had much support. And I think the large reason why we haven't seen that earlier is because if he does that, he's then got no one to kick it to when he turns around. So by having 
that other forward there. I think, yeah, I agree, him as a lead-up forward is his game. And when he has done it on those rare occasions, um, he's done it really well, and we've looked a lot better for it. But we've just broken down a little bit with that next kick. But um, Jack coming back in, hopefully, will fix that issue. Some of the yeah, other key matchups, um, the Ruck's going to be the biggest jewel for the day, I think. Jared Witts, while not one of the big household names when you sort of talk about Ruckman, he does a pretty good job with tapping the ball and giving his midfield first use. Around the granny, maybe not so much, but Biggie Van Solid's going to have his work cut out. So Witts last week, I think he had 55 hitouts against Sydney, although Sinclair did come off injured for the Swans, so you can't read into that too much. Um, but it still stands that we can't afford to let Wits give the Suns midfielders first use of the ball, especially with the 6-6-6 rule. Um, and so, I don't know, for me, Soldo just has to be able to compete and hold his own LVT. Yeah, I think, and that's the one thing Soldo can do, to be honest. He can he can tap. I mean, Wits was playing against uh, Alir Alir, I think, in the ruck for most of the game last week. Um, Soldo and Wits are quite similar in regards to not offering too much around the ground. So I think it could be a, a quite a decent contest. Um, and look, we're used to playing off a Ruckman, to be honest, that isn't the best when it comes to tapping. So Dusty and Co uh, are more than used to it and, and we'll just feed off uh, whoever taps the ball down. I, mean, I know we've just spoken about Lynch, but just to expand on his match up a bit more. I'm not too sure which particular play will go to him, but one thing I reckon we can all be fairly confident about is the Suns players are going to be physically and verbally getting stuck into him, and we've seen Lynch has got a bit of a, a temper, um, has given away a few stupid free kicks in the past. Hopefully he can manage this a bit better, because he's going to cop it from everyone, but I'd like to see some of our other players maybe fly the flag for him a bit more as well. Yep, agree 100%. Uh, when Dusty's down there in the forward line, or, or it plays, especially plays like Caddy. Um, Caddy's got such a physical presence with his body. Um, he needs to stand up for Lynch. Uh, I know he will, um, but our, our boys need to give it to them twice as hard as they give it to Lynch. Yeah, exactly. And if there's any chances to give him a, an easy goal over the top with a handball, I think we need to really get him involved in the game, um, get a few goals for him early, hopefully, and really get the confidence up. Yeah, agree 100%. Uh, the other big matchup is going to be the two former Richmond players, assuming neither of them get dropped, Miles and Corey Ellis, playing against Richmond. Now, Miles, we, we all know he was a good player, and he's been doing really, really well with the Suns, and, and all the best to him. His tackle numbers are up, getting a lot of the ball. Um, and to be honest, he, he's the one who could cause us a lot of issues in that contested number part of the game. Um, do we send someone like a Jack Graham and go head-to-head with him, LBT? Yeah, uh, Look, I'm a Miles fan, but I'm not. I think he's just doing what he did when he came into the Richmond side. He does get the ball. He does, you know, he's a contested beast, but he's not really damaging with these possessions. Um, it would be interesting to see whether Jack Graham runs with Miles, um, but I don't think he'll be tagged. I think it'll be a, you know, a him versus him type situation where they just they both just go at it and just try and get that contested ball. And what about Corey Ellis? Um, bit of a whipping boy for us, as we all know. I, I Look, to be totally honest, I'm not really worried about him cutting us up. Um, but you know what it's like when you play against your old team. You always try and find that extra bit, don't you? Yeah, so he might go from seven to ten possessions. Uh, not worried <laughs> about Corey at all. And the other final matchup is probably a, a dual 
a dual matchup. Uh, I know I mentioned Graham before, but on my notes I've got it could be Graham and Cotran versus Swallow and Will Brody in um, a contested football kind of slog out. A good 2v2 battle, and we'd have to make sure we get on top there. Um, Will Brody is an interesting one because he's one that I know a lot of supporters wanted us to draft him early on in his draft year and even potentially trade for him in the years, you know, years prior. But he's winning a lot of the hard ball, and Swallow we know is a, a bit of a tough nut. Do we... I don't know. I don't think he would out-and-out tag him. I think we have to back our guys to go head-to-head. But if one of them start to get on top, do we have to make moves, or do we just back our star-studded lineup in? I think it'll depend on the situation of the game. Um, you know, if, if we're in front by, let's say, 20, 30 points, I feel as if uh, we will back in our mid- mids. So I don't think it'll be too much of an issue. I mean, Swallow can be quite dangerous. Um, I don't feel like Swallow gets, you know, the 30-odd touches a game. I feel like he's got maybe 22, 23, but everything he does is quite effective. So he could be quite damaging. Um, players that, that can hurt us quite a lot are uh, ones we probably won't put um, a lot of effort into. So players like Took Miller, um, I've seen him do quite a few good things this year. Um, I think these these outside players are the ones that could get quite a lot of run. Um, mentioned before, Miles, I mean, I'm not too fussed with him. I mean, we, we all know what he's like. Um, but, yeah, I think it's more about the players that we don't know much about that uh, can hurt us more. But in saying that, you know, they could very much well hurt us, so we have to make sure that we're on top of it. And we've spoken about Rewell being a potential in. That aside, do you see any other changes happening? There's been a lot of, I suppose, speculation that if Rewell comes in, it might be for Bolton. But for me, I think we need to keep Bolton in because of his creativity with his handballing and kicking. Um, but is there anyone else you think we could put into the team this week? Yeah, I mean, it'll be hard to see, you know, someone go out. Uh, but if Rewald is fit at the end of the day, you have to drop someone for a star coming back. Um, Rioli could be the other one um, hasn't been playing um, to his absolute best uh, we know that but I do think Rioli's upside is significantly better than Bolton at the moment um, Bolton you know it would be a little bit sad to see him get dropped again because he did work really hard to get a game last week so uh, it is a tough one so luckily we don't have to make the decision but um, I would assume it would be either Bolton or Rioli uh, yeah, I'll I'm not sure who goes out if three uh, worlds back. I mean, I would hate to see Bolton dropped. I know he. I think the only thing he didn't get last week was a tackle, but he just uh, he reminds me very much of a young, you know, Titch Edwards, where he just does these little things that are so easy to go unnoticed. He's so slick with his hands and just hits a target. So I'm I'm a huge rap for Bolton. So I'd hate to see him go, but. Look, it'll be interesting whether, you know, if Stack is going to continue to play down there, whether you do, you know, put a Castagna out. Um, Rioli, I think he actually had a pretty decent game against the Saints. Um, a lot of uh, pressure points, not not high tackle numbers, but a lot of pressure, um, which is what he's there for. So, look, if Jack's back, as Stroger said, I mean, I'm glad I don't need to make the decision, but... Um, Maybe a small goes out for a tall because I don't think you can drop troll or anyone like that after the game that they've had. The tackle count you mentioned for Bolton's is really interesting for me because the two times he's been dropped and gone back to the VFL, the following week he's racked up massive disposals and double-digit tackles both times. But yet when it comes to playing AFL standard, he's registering really low tackle counts. Now, I'm not sure 
I doubt very much that would be by design or by direction from the coaching staff, or if it's maybe a positional thing, I'm not too sure. But just it's, I just find it really odd of his inability to be able to translate that same tackle pressure from VFL to AFL. Yeah, I think in VFL he plays 100% midfield time where he kind of gets chucked between both. And the speed of the game in the AFL is, is so much faster. So I think a lot of the, even though he might not be quite getting there for the tackles, he is getting there and he is working, he is chasing. You do see that footage, but yeah. he's just just impacts. And he, I think he had eight score involvements against the Saints and that's, that's high and, and I think, He's just got to stay in. He needs to play every game. I'm a huge rap for him. Yeah, yeah just on Bolton. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, probably not the time and place, but uh, what do you guys think is going to happen at the end of the year? I mean, there's a lot of speculation that he might go uh, back home to Perth. Um, I don't know what's currently happening with with Shea Bolton, but um, it is a little bit of a distraction for us supporters to think what's going to happen. And he does have a lot of potential, and I, for one, will be really, really annoyed if we do um, send him back home, um, mainly because I think he's, he can become a very good player. Um, but, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Well, he's been managed by Ralph Carr, which doesn't help. But uh, <laughs> I, I think he, if he went, he could be the one that got away. I put that on Twitter. Um, I just, I just think he's too good to let go. Um, I just, yeah. Some people aren't a huge rap for him, especially on on the board. And I always just, I get taken aback a little bit just because the stuff that I see him do is just, you know, so small but so significant. The way that. You know, he's there and he's a link-up player and he's strong through the hips. And, you know, I'd hate to see him go, but um, if he does, I think it would be uh, Ralph Carr's doing. Yeah, I sort of think that if we're prepared, if we were prepared to put that many games into Daniel Butler, I think we're much more beneficial to put that many games into Bolton. I think he offers a lot more as a small forward. Um, I agree. Yeah, the Shane Edwards comparison spot on. He's got slick hands, he creates play, opens up opportunities for others. The only thing he maybe needs to tweak slightly is it sometimes comes off he's maybe a little bit selfish in some instances, but that can also be a bit of a byproduct of him wanting to try and do what he can to keep his spot in the team too. So I, I kind of get that from that perspective. But yeah, um, I'd be desperately to trying to hold on to him practice. and giving him as much game time as possible because I think the more exposure he has at the top level, the better he's going to get. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he tried to take yep. a big mark in front of Tom Lynch, and it's just like, oh, that's not that's not the right <laughs> position to be in. But uh, but absolutely, I mean, if he kicks a couple of goals, he keeps his spot. So you can understand, I guess, the thought process. But, you know, he's, he's very highly rated in the stats among the rising stars as well. So when he's in, he makes stuff happen. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see him stay. I think I read somewhere yeah, he, today that Dusty's been on record as saying that he's one of the most talented players at the club. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He just he just oozes talent. He's just but it's just the little things like you think about Shane Edwards, you know, he does I think it was in one of the prelim finals, maybe against Geelong or GWS, he just did that that tiny little tap that almost went unnoticed with his foot. Um, and it just put it straight onto maybe Cochin's chest, and it's just it's just those tiny little things that you know only Shane Edwards has has done, but Bolton does it as well. So he, um, yeah, I'd hate to see him go. I think he'll be a star. Yeah, and I, and I believe that they learn off each other as well. So our system over the last few years is tapping the ball forward, just doing everything we can to get the ball the ball forward at all costs. 
And uh, when he sees players like Rioli and Shane Edwards, uh, even Jack Higgins has started to do it with Jack Rewalt, just tap the ball forward, get it down there. Um, Bolton has all the qualities and attributes to do that. So um, I believe that if he did go to another club, um, regardless if it was Perth, he would probably get a game in a lot of sides, if not every side. Um, and that would really hurt to see him getting regular games at other clubs and then really performing. Yep. Yeah, I agree. All right, before we let you guys go, we'll get a, a tip including margin for this game. So LBT, I'll start with you first. Uh, so Richmond to win by 39 points. Very good. I hope <laughs> you enjoy your time there at the game. So hopefully we get a win for you seeing it live. I better leave soon to try and get a car park. Yeah, true. That is <laughs> not a fun place to... Well, they provide the shuttle services at least, but yeah, a bit perplexing that there's no car park. And Strouchy, your tip including margin? Uh, I reckon I reckon we will come out pretty hard, especially after how we started uh, last week. And I think we'll be leading quite comfortably most of the game because I feel like this is one of those games that we really need to make our mark again on the competition. Um, and I think we will probably drop off a little bit towards the last quarter and win by that 27 to 28 points after we had like a 45-point lead. Um, I just can see that happening. Uh, one of the most important things for us in this game is to get our pressurised footy um, at a top notch, so working as hard as we can. Um, if we put on immense pressure like we have in you know 2018 standard, um, we really have the ability to belt them. Um, and, yeah, I wish all the ex-Richmond players good luck as well. But um, in saying that, I, I think it's one of those games that we should be winning by at least 25-plus. Yeah, I agree. If we have that high-octane pressure, um, I think we'll break them pretty early on, to be honest, if we can do that from the start. For me, it's just about scoreboard pressure. Uh, it would be nice. Yeah, ho- it'd, be, it'd be good if he slotted, yeah, five or six. Yeah. But it's um, it's our ability to be able to hit the scoreboard during those patches of momentum where we are on top that's going to determine how much we win by for me. So if we kick poorly, it could only be a, a 21 to 22 point win if we keep teams in it because they get a sniff and they come charging at you. But um, I'm kind of thinking that we'll pull away early on too. And I reckon it's going to be a similar margin to last week, somewhere between 30 and 35 points. But um, like I said at the start, we just want the four points first and foremost and whatever else. And no injuries, of course. And uh, and hopefully we can just get that bonding and gelling back for another another big game and, and set ourselves up for a huge hit out against GWS. Yeah, and hopefully um, that will bring us back into some form because especially against GWS, you just know that they're going to bring a lot of pressure and play and pretty much try and beat us at our own game. Um, and when that happens, you see far too often our back line gets the ball and there's, they're just under immense pressure. The only thing that they do is just kick the ball forward and don't look. And unfortunately, when that happens, the opposition gets the ball every time um, on the wing. Um, same thing when we are kicking forward into the 450. Um, it's just not working as much as it used to, just bombing it in. I mean, Lynch isn't marking it. He probably marks it one out of every 12 times. Um, oh. And it's something that we really need to fix going forward. And I think we will. We'll definitely address that. And getting Jack back, hopefully this week, will address those issues. Um, and also mm. make sure everyone keeps an eye out for the other games in the round because there's a lot of games sort of around with teams versing each other in and around where we're on the ladder. So no matter what, we're gonna if we win, 
we're going to jump above someone this week um, because of just how the matchups go. So it's a good round to get four points and just watch other teams belt the crap out of one another. Yes, please. Yes, agree. All right, Strouchy and LVT06, thank you very much for coming on tonight, guys. Appreciate your time. And until next time, go Tigers. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!